0: medical department carries on, fighting disease, healing and rehabilitating the sick and wounded, and constantly working to search out disease vectors to prevent, detect, and control epidemics. To pursue this mission successfully, the medical department was backed up by a far-flung network of laboratories. These men behind their microscopes, these quiet men behind the scenes, these men whose never-ending battle with disease goes on alike in wartime and in peace. Welcome to MetroHealth's Prescription for Hope. I'm John Campanelli. That's audio from a 1947 War Department film about Army medical laboratories. Although that was 73 years ago, medical lab work is still performed out of sight, behind the scenes, and with virtually no fanfare. Well... That's at least until the arrival of the coronavirus. You could say that COVID-19 has opened a window into the work of hospital labs, except that many of them, including MetroHealth, the labs have no windows. They're tucked down long hallways, deep into buildings and far away from patients. But in this episode, we are going to give them the sunlight of attention they have long deserved. We are heading to MetroHealth's Immunology Molecular Pathology Lab to follow a COVID-19 test from swab to result. Of course, many things have changed since that 1947 Army film, the men, men behind, behind their microscopes. These quiet men behind the scenes. No. Not anymore, at least not here. The department chair of pathology, Dr. Agnes Loeffler, the senior director, Carol Ifaladano, the operations manager, Vicki Ingram, all women. Another female, arguably the most important person on Metro Health's COVID testing team.
1: Okay, I'm Alana Clampett. I'm the quality technical specialist of immunology, which is slash becoming more and more molecular pathology.
0: In layman's term, what's your job here?
1: <laughs> so I oversee the laboratory here, make sure all the quality control is inside in range, make sure we're following all the protocol
0: You can hear the quiet hum of the ventilation hoods, refrigerators, and freezers inside the lab. The atmosphere matches the work. Sterile. Measured. But don't let Alana's dispassionate demeanor fool you. And don't get in her way. Since the coronavirus first arrived in January, she has been dogged in pursuit of testing. The first week of March, she got word that one of MetroHealth's vendors, biotech company Luminix, was working on a COVID test.
1: And as soon as they sent out the release that, you know, this test has been validated, you know, six Hospital did the initial study, I mean, actually before that, I emailed my guys. I said, hey, are you guys on this test? Are you making anything yet? So um, they were like, as a matter of fact, you know, we are. So we, you know, I was in communication with them, when's the data? When's the data coming out? And so the second it was to a level where we could start testing it, I mean, I had him in here. We worked all weekend. He brought me
0: donuts. The test uses a piece of equipment MetroHealth already has in its lab and has already validated, the Luminix Aries, and it uses a simpler process than other testing. Alana likens it to having a can of soup instead of having to measure out all the ingredients from scratch.
1: Well, now it's time for more on your feet at five. Today, Metro Health announced it can test for COVID-19, and they will get the
0: test results back within two hours. Wow. MetroHealth announced in the middle of March that it could test for COVID-19 in-house with results in just over two hours. That's astonishing considering that it is now taking days, even a week or more, for some private labs to get results back to hospitals and patients. The job now is to secure as much of the materials needed for testing as possible, from vials to DNA material, to combat widespread shortages and keep testing up and running.
1: So our primer is downstairs. I'm gonna call down there and tell him that I'm gonna
0: come get it. As we were visiting the lab, Alana got a message on her phone. A box of testing primer, which is needed to perform the test, was just delivered. She washed her hands.
1: Hands are gonna fall off.
0: And dashed down to the loading dock.
1: I'm taking the steps. I'm looking for this primer that's here. you looking for what? The dry, it. the sample came from Luminex. Yeah. This is it. I was getting ready to write it up. You can take it. Right. Thank you. Yeah, during flu season, I'm down here a lot. So I'm always grabbing my kits as soon as they come in.
0: Back up in the lab, Alana tears open the package. Dumps the dry ice in an empty box. And holds up a frozen plastic bag. are a thousand tests in here. So what's this stuff used for? That's a great question. It's complicated. The best way to explain it might be to follow a COVID-19 test. So let's go. To test for COVID-19, you first need a sample from a patient. Those samples come from something called a nasopharyngeal swab. In simple terms, someone from the care team inserts a long swab deep, deep into your nose and scrapes, making sure to collect as many microscopic viral particles as possible. You might feel what's described as minor discomfort, but it's over quickly. Next, the sample is sent down to the lab. It arrives by hand or via the hospital's very cool pneumatic tube system. Then, in the lab's clean room, a cassette is carefully prepared that contains the patient's sample, a tiny genetic sample of the coronavirus, and all the chemicals needed in the test. Then the cassette is placed in the Luminix Aries testing machine, and off it goes.
1: It's scanning those cassettes. recognizes the cassettes. There we go. Two hours. We'll be done.
0: Over the next two hours, the instrument uses those chemicals or reagents to extract genetic material from the patient sample, quickly multiply the genetic material from the patient sample and from the known coronavirus, and then carefully compares the two using that primer Alana picked up from the loading dock. And then, after two hours, Alana arrives immediately.
1: I I hear it, I was saying like a baby crying. I hear the little beep, beep, beep when I know it's done. And I'm anxiously looking to see if it's positive.
0: Because the genetic information of the virus is like a fingerprint, if the patient's material matches it, you have a positive test.
1: Yeah, so we have a positive patient.
0: All test results are entered into the patient's electronic record for doctors to see. But if the test is positive, a technician in the lab immediately pages a doctor on the infectious disease team. Immunology, subscription, how can I help you? Yes, I, yep, LP was the, um, got a positive patient. All the samples are tracked at every step with medical ID numbers and barcodes. But even in the lab, far away from patients, Alana and her team know they're not dealing with barcodes.
1: And, I mean, we all have great concern for the patients. We're very aware of that, you know, there's a patient person on the other end of these, you know,
0: numbers that come through. With the testing system up and running and her lab operating 24-7, One of the goals for Atlanta now is to get ready to upscale the operation.
1: You know, I'm already looking at ways to maximize the efficiency of getting them set up really quickly when we start getting overwhelmed with, you know, right now we're getting one, two, three, four at a time. Um, We're prepping for when we start getting 100 or 200 at a time. So we'll kind of form an assembly line in terms of just, you know, getting the patient sample where it needs to be, moving it to the next step, and then the next step, and then onto the instrument, so, I I think we have a pretty good plan to keep things efficient and keep our turnaround time to pretty close to two and a half to three hours.
0: Alana and her team are also working with the Mayo Clinic and other labs on the next level of coronavirus testing, being able to measure the amount of the virus's antibodies in somebody's system, letting them know if they've had the disease and didn't know it, and if they might now be immune. Atlanta is proud of her team and is happy that a small silver lining to this crisis will be more awareness of the work that her team performs every day.
1: Well, I mean laboratory professionals are extremely important. Um, There's there's an actual statistic that 70% of diagnoses that are made are because of our results. So the doctors can't do it without us.
0: When we visited the lab and chatted last week, Alana was on track to work 22 out of 23 days, and these were 13-hour days. She was looking forward to taking off on Friday and enjoying a three-day weekend. The day after we visited last week, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine made an announcement. Those hospitals that send their specimens to a third party, uh, beginning today, when Dr. Acton signs this, uh, you will be required uh, to send this to another hospital that is doing testing and that can make a quick turnaround for you. Uh, we have already confirmed, for example, that Ohio State, uh, Cleveland Clinic, University Hospitals in Cleveland, and Metro Health in Cleveland all have capacity. They all have capacity, and they are willing to take your tests. So you need to be in contact uh, with them. Alana says since that announcement, a lot of phone calls have been coming in. She said she and her team are ready to do everything they can with the resources they have. And what about that long weekend? So did you, were you able to take your three-day weekend? I took two. Okay. Okay. <laughs>